and welcome to Girl Friday. My name is Yoshika and I am your host. In today's episode, I interview Bainis Janus and we go over her sex work journey and her fetish knowledge. We also discuss her relationship dynamics and go into kinks and how it all ties into sex work, which is usually seen as hetero, but we unravel the truth of what humans actually create. We also discuss Fet Life and her upcoming show in the Red River District in Austin, Texas. Also, it's a little staticky, um, but here's the interview. Okay, I'm so excited. Thank you for coming on my show. Um, how exactly did you hear about it? I think uh, Brittany Von Bossy tagged you and okay. tagged me in your post. Okay, yeah, I thought so. So I'm really happy that happened because I was really looking for people who wanted to talk, you know, about yeah. it. My favorite subject, me. <laughs> you can get me talking all day. Sure, but some girls are like really like it's hard to come out about sex work. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah, I honestly wish I had that problem a little bit more. Me too. To to hide it. Right? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so what is your name and what are your pronouns? My name is Bane Jane and I'm down with any pronouns. Uh she her works great for me. I feel very feminine. Yeah. I love that because that's exactly how I feel. I'm like, I don't want to be strictly female, but I want to just, like, I am yeah. very, you know, feminine, but yeah. whatever works for you. I also feel submissive sometimes. Like, a good old it's, it, it's works for me as well. <laughs> like, on a not a, uh, on a not making fun of it level, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> I, I love that. <laughs> okay, so where are you from originally? I'm originally from East Texas, near Louisiana. Ooh. Like, my grandma was in Texarkana. A lot of people know that spot because they have to drive by it on their way to the East Coast, that kind of thing. Otherwise, it's the middle of absolute nowhere. Yeah. Like, hour to a grocery store, middle of nowhere. What? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a little scary. Yeah, it was a trip. Oh, my dad's sure. a blues player. It goes by Gray Sugar. And him and his high school boys are in their 70s, and they still live on a catfish pond together. Stop. Mm-hmm. That's a little toxic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. They're a mess, but they're hilarious. Yeah. Honestly, like, and great musicians. They're funny. Boys are just going to be boys, and I love that for them. Totally. Like, okay. As long as everybody's living deliciously, you know, I can roll with that. Um. So you live in Austin now, right? When did you move there? So, I actually moved to Austin by myself when I was 16. 16. I lived on Riverside when I was 16, and I'm 32 now. So, that was 2006. Yeah. And um, I was a mess. And so, I have had every random job, and I've lived in every random part of the city. So, I have, like, no dark corners, you know? Oh, my God. Wait. So, you were there when, like... Things were, like, super hippie still and, like, weird. Yeah. Even before... My mom moved to New Braunfels. She's from, like, South Padre Island area. And so she moved to New Braunfels, kind of a neutral point, to be close to her family. And uh, Austin... So, like, we would go to a thrift store in Austin to get, like, a prom dress or something Mm -hmm. to where it still very much had that hippie vibe. By the time I got there when I was 16, the transition had begun. But it was wild how quickly it went. That was 2016? That was 2006, I'm sorry. Six. And that's when the transition began? No, I mean, I'm sure it was already happening. Like, I'm sure 2006 Austin's different from 96 Austin. I feel like I saw the transition, like, 2014, 15. So I actually went to Australia in 2014. 
and a boom did happen, a huge one. Boom, right? And I was so excited to get back because I lived in, once my visa was up in Australia, I lived in Hawaii mm-hmm. and I was just getting my ass beat. Everything was so expensive and the work was scarce. So I was just getting my ass handed to me compared to Australia. So I came back to to Texas and I was like, can't wait to be with my dollar tacos, like a livable. <laughs> they, my my rent when I was can't there. With, can't wait to be with my dollar marks at yeah, docks. What the fuck? <laughs> then I was yeah. expecting to swoop back in and have all my connections still, and so it was a kind of uphill battle to get mm. rerooted, and yeah. I was fighting it out in a city that didn't even have an ocean so i'm kind of a hater on austin sometimes because i'm like why are y'all charging me this with no ocean i'm a little hard on austin right now Mm -hmm. because i'm like there's so many no offense like white people like trust fund cali babies not even like texas white people like trust fund cali babies and then they're like just kind of like being fake and taking advantage of what I what I consider natives or people from Austin that like sure. deserve to make money off everything that's happening but I see it too like where they don't even want to make money they just want to break from like all this capitalism shit mm-hmm. uh, but they're so talented and via craft beer so they have like these underground like under bridge shows now <laughs> it's like they yeah. just don't yeah. want to do anything mainstream did you ever go to the broken neck were you on skaters at all? I went to House Park, but I only skated for like two, like a year and a half, not okay. even. There's an area where there was a warehouse and it was all DIY built ramps and stuff. It was oh, on East Caesar Chavez, mm-hmm. kind of? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that got bulldozed down and that Shut was so up. sad. Yeah. And just recently? Every, I mean, over the pandemic era, you okay. know, they did everything they could to save it. that neighborhood. And now it's just such like craft beer hell. Like free event vibes, but twenty bucks for anything you want. <laughs> but trash I heard food, that that they don't even so give out bad. free drinks anymore. I mean, not even free drinks, but like the bar feels like you're at a free event with level of cheesiness and whackness of what's going on around you. And then they're like, "Here's a pretzel with beer cheese," and it's like not even salted. Like they just are not even trying anymore. And they're like, "That'll be forty-five dollars." Commenting on what you said. Um, I, tamale House was closed, yeah, and not even the original Tamale House, where tacos were like 69 cents on, but Tamale House East, which is still great, same family. They're closed. I'm walking back to my Airbnb, just visiting after having left 20 years ago, yeah. and walked into this spot across from the salon, um, and turned around and walked out, because I was like, who are these fucking people? It looked who? like San Francisco. Yeah. Eventually, I, I, I did go in there to get a coffee, like desperately with my friend on the way to Barton Springs mm-hmm. and I got a small a small guacamole and a latte it was $21 <laughs> no and it was like we're talking like yeah a small the chips were red I'm like okay you put some red chips <laughs> yeah so that's what you're it's a red chip it'll give you that yeah. the chip is red the chip is red <laughs> it has like red dye in it we're not even it's not even no, it's nasty. I can't handle the big Jenga I have a personal vendetta against Big Jenga and trying to make it a personality. It uh, really gets me. It's Jenga that goes on a table and it's huge. And people just get so into it. And I honestly don't need to be entertained while I drink. I can just drink. I don't even have to talk. I can just just sit there quietly and drink. But people are trying to rope you in games and... Everyone acts like Texas is all in a cornhole. But I'm like, nah, dude, we can just drink and do not shit. Uh Maybe have a fire. I will stare into a fire as well. No, that's but what I, I love don't about Cali like, beaches. Like, 
You could just start a fire, yeah. chill. Mm-hmm. Austin took the, the San Francisco tech people when Tesla moved there. For real. Seriously, it's so, fucking crazy. It was carnage, and you had to watch every like all those DIY spots get shut down, and you had to watch all this stuff. And so it, I was bitter about it for so long, and now I've kind of reached a new thing. I'm like going into fine dining, mm-hmm. and I'm just can't wait to cash in on it. it. I'm just gonna like really get down on some selling out to what it is now. But what's cool is that it's transitioned so much yeah. that the ratchet spots are back open. Dude, like the I Martin and stuff. Let like, me even just say that yes, Austin's a fucking shithole right now. Not only is it blazing hot, like you can only breathe if you're indoors. Uh-huh. It, that's scary. And then yes, like all the bars I go to, like I went to Coconut Club because it's still there. No one that I know was there. Like weird people were there. I would consider like, that new. Even even if it it was kind of like I went to it two years ago, mm-hmm. so like now yeah, there's no one that I no one goes there. Even E six, we were going there like a year ago still, and but all this gentrification brought all these new people that no one goes to E six anymore. Isn't that scary? Yeah. So like the new they said it this time I went. Um, someone was like, oh yeah, Red River or Seventh Street is the new E six, like the Red River district. Yeah. That like, makes sense. Um, like uh. Sidebar and Sidebar yeah. and Swan Dive and Barb's, obviously. Like, they're going back yeah. to, like, their... They're going back that's, to there? That's where my show is. Where, where Barracuda used to be is yeah. now Creek and Cave. And Creek so and we Cave. have our performance there. And there's Better Days. And, like, I haven't been to Better Days. I was in Austin when, like, the Blue Flamingo was there, which will mean nothing. It's, like, it was a... It was a uh, drag bar... Emos was yeah. there. Oh, okay. And my friends opened those. It's called the Red Eyed Fly down by Stubbs, and then across from it used to be Beerland. I don't even know what it is now. We're talking like yeah, old old. Whenever we moved off Red River off Sixth Street, then yeah. for it, but now they're so like these are like hardcore people. They're so like. Uh, 13th floor, that little narrow bar that I was telling yeah. you about. Like I, that's right behind my house. Yeah, you P.S. Should. We're getting kicked out of our house. <gasps> and my roommate's been there 13 years. Wait, why? For what? Is it like the They're rent? selling it. They're just like, I think they're going to sell that whole They need to lot. pay you out, don't they? We're renters. To re- relocate. Mm. They need to do they're that. They're giving us time. They switched us to month to month. Like, it's been a slow kill. No. Oh my god, that's so crazy. Like, I don't but know. But we're like East 12, like up in the shit. We've been there forever. Like, all had our 21st birthdays there. East 12. Mm-hmm. That's such a good little area. Mm-hmm. We had it for a minute. Now I'm going to be on a big lesbian anarchist property and living in an air conditioned bus. Right. The compost toilet and outdoor kitchen. I love that. I'm really excited, honestly. <laughs> Just living in a van down by the river. That's awesome. I'm going to have plenty of time living in a van down by the river while I'm living in a van down by the river. Eventually, we're all going to be living like that. Kind I'm of ready thing. to get this Amish shit rolling. I'm ready to do that, too. Like, yeah. Grow some vegetables, wear whatever mm-hmm. I want, like, just... Titties, titties, titties. Titties, work out. Like, not work out, but, you know, like, show my strength every day. Like, oh, be yeah. active. Yeah. While you're chopping wood, just While be you're like, chopping wood. And then do it sexually. Like, uh-huh. I want my bush back. Yeah. I got one laser hair removal treatment, but I was like, mm. Girl, I did it too. Let me just stop. The underside is, like, peach. 
my mom got it for me when I was 13 and I for Christmas and I hadn't hit puberty yet and so it like laser grew, yes at Brazilian laser at 13 as for a Christmas present a little hole in the wall and I got lasered and I hadn't fully hit puberty so when I did finally fully hit puberty when my pubes grew in it grew in, in like stripes so now I have like diagonal like stripes on my shit like as if it was machine printed Oh my god, stop. I know. Okay, so I know you're a sex worker. How did you start off in the sex worker world? I feel like, I don't know, I don't want to sound too, like, trauma dumpy about it, but I feel like the environment I was raised in was very much encouraging me weaponizing my body. Um, started off young, I was like super stereotypical Texas upbringing, yeah. like cheerleader. We were on a little Cowboys team, oh, and gosh. like all the pageant <laughs> hair and all the lipstick and all the stuff glitter. Oh, gosh. And then that, you know, we're like really working on flexibility and looking cute and all the things. And then that streamlines you straight into stripping, especially mm-hmm. the way families don't really stick together. And I feel like no one. Uh, really knows what's going on like even with the current politics like the kids are at war with their parents right now in Mm -hmm. Texas like no one's no one's having a comfortable time and that started early where you just kind of get kicked out of the nest young I was on my own when I was 16 and Mm -hmm. so I did what I was used to doing and weaponized my body it started off I worked at Twin Peaks when I was super young and I would get poached for other jobs from Twin Peaks. And honestly, Twin Peaks was the shit. I, if anyone's thinking about working at Twin Peaks, like, you don't do anything. You're wearing your little slutty lumberjack costume. Your titties are bouncing. Pour some sugar on me. He's playing. Like, that was some easy fun. <laughs> the the guys are just still. trying to spend some money yeah. and get attention. Yeah. And you, you're te- technically hired as a model, so you just don't have to do anything. You can just, you're encouraged to sit with your tables and just bullshit. Anyways. Um people would come in and hire you for like underground poker tournaments so i did underground poker tournaments when i was still a minor but like really yeah you were in that world that fast yeah i literally just someone just mentioned it twice here in kelly that there's like poker tournaments yeah and stuff. i'm country so i was really polite and they just liked that i wasn't didn't have like the hustler vibe yeah. that they felt like a lot of the girls that would have that they would get from the strip clubs i was also a baby yeah. But I've been, big old titties. I've been tall and had these big old titties for a long time. Oh. So I just was like, <laughs> I looked like Britney Spears growing up. Oh, and so this, around this time, like 18 and stuff, I was really looking like Britney Spears. And so it was just like. So you were making money at like 16, 18? Yeah. I was uh, doing these underground poker tournaments. I actually met the owners of this Mexican restaurant that I am still really close with all the staff. They've been there like. My girlfriends have been there 14 years now. Jalisco's, you might Jalisco's. know it since you've been in Austin. Yeah. Jalisco's off William Cannon. Yeah. I they, think. they brought me over from Twin Peaks and we had a ball and, uh, sex work has just always kind of been there. It's yeah. always in the background when you start, when you're young and hanging out and you start getting around a motley crew because that's the category you're put in when you're young and on your own. It's a natural transition into it, and then like. Like I said, the Texas big hair, natural, get get done up for the male gaze thing just feeds into the whole deal. So Mm -hmm. I got married young. I was an army wife when I was 18. And yeah, and he was going to save me from myself. 
because I was on the path, baby. I was, had I stuck with the sex work stuff at that time, who knows? It could have been a huge mess. I could have been taken advantage of or something. You know, it's not like I'm bulletproof, but I feel like I could have really killed it. Like I, I wish I would have not been tantalized by the whole young military wife situation. Yeah. But I'm swamp people, so I don't beat myself up about it. I'm just lucky to be here. Yeah, no, I think, like, (laughs) everything happens for a reason. So if we take detours or we have setbacks in sex work or whatever, like, it's just for a reason. Mm -hmm. So I think we should be a little bit easy on ourselves about it. Like, I beat myself up about, like, not knowing enough, like, in my younger days that I'm like, fuck, I should have fucking been doing this when I was, like, 22 or, like... And then I get frustrated about time, but yeah. Right. Yeah, Yeah, of course. It's honestly so cool that actually, I hope that I'm not putting you on the spot, but this is awesome to have someone's recorded reaction to this. Can we tell her how old you are? Well, no, because now they know my name. Well, (laughs) okay. I'll I'll tell you. I'll I'll tell you. Because... Oh, shit. No, I was just... I'm glad we're on the same page, though, because I was just about to say, and I was like, I'll just bring this up later, is that guys are going to always want you no matter what age you want. Like, they've been feeding us this lie that you need to be young. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's like, guys that are, like, 80 are still going to want someone who's in their, like, 30s, 40s. Well, the guys that are young, too. Yeah. They don't... I put a, a median age... Sorry to cut you off, but I put a median age because I feel like if they put that age in, they would be looking for represent someone yeah. representative of that age, which mm-hmm. yeah. I'm not. Right. I tell my clients. Yeah. Sometimes I'll say I'll tell you at the end so that yeah. they're not if they're if they're too young, I don't want them to be shocked. But people they don't they truly don't care and I'm actually glad that I got into it yeah. later. Cause I just busted out in it after doing trying doing so many other things and yeah. still doing other things during it mm-hmm. but I always come back to it it's I feel like we have a whole new chance like me being a 32 year old um I I feel like a huge breath of fresh air and the pressure's taken off because I feel like people are starting to see more mature women more than ever mm-hmm. and I'm so glad because like uh Laura Dern in Jurassic Park was 23 and they had her this scientist and her clicked up with a 42 year old and like the best in the biz this 23 year old scientist and it's like yeah. fuck off she would have just been she would have been 50 years old yeah. she Barely she would have still been gorgeous at that time. laura dern yeah. looks amazing right now but it's like why did they have to be like that like everybody was a baby and i've ultimately been interested in entertainment this whole time like i would mm-hmm. love to be a more serious actress mm-hmm. and uh I feel like I have a chance to do that now. Sex work aside, I feel confident that I can go do a photo shoot with a bunch of 20-year-old baddies yeah. just because yesterday. where we're at. Yesterday. <laughs> yeah, yesterday. I, mean, you, I was the thicky representation for a bunch of like real little younger girls, but I felt really confident and I felt great. No, I. you look so young. Mm. And, okay, so... So pretty much you started off with the poker stuff and then like... Okay, so yeah, I got married and then we, when we split, I had just done like this really hardcore hair apprenticeship. 
So I was, I've been a hair and makeup artist as okay. well, like kind of in and out this time. Yeah. But I took off to Australia to do sex work. Yeah. It's legalized there. So I went to Australia. Mm. I got clicked up with this porn company called Feck. Okay. And I was going to dance, but their stripper system's really funny. It's like, uh, they're, because their small bills are coins. So they're not in there pelting girls with coins. They give you paper slips. So it's like straight up. What? Not even Monopoly money. Like not even a fucking coupon. It's like literal pe- white piece of paper. Oh god, that's crazy. That everybody's passing around. And then they don't play anything but EDM. And it's There's... all like lit up. It's just some... The strip clubs are wild. I'm sorry not to shit on... Sorry. Not to shit on Australian ship, strip clubs. I'm, if they're... If anybody knows of some good ones, like please slide them That's to crazy. me. I plan on going back. This is why I love doing these podcasts because I love learning. When I was eighteen and stuff, I would work at the cocktail at the strip club, and I was definitely doing like, you know, seedier things like little okay. lap dances and stuff on okay, the side. Yeah. I was a, I was just a seedy young chick, you know. Yeah. Got to Australia, planned on stripping and doing more of like the peep show stuff, but I got clicked up with this porn company, and it was alt like they looked like lesbian librarians up in there and they were real fucking sweet and like hipstery and had the little turf bangs and they were like uh i was 23 at the time and they're like what do you like and i'm like i like glitter and meadows and they're like let's get you glittery in a meadow like do you like blondes? And I'm like, yeah. They're like, this girl likes you. Do you want to shoot with her? I'm like, yeah. You know, just like really cute, really fun, like, um, setup to get into porn. Oh, okay. They would also okay. do fun fetish videos where it's like nose sucking, call it nose job, and had the lobby setup cool where all these artistic porn videos are going on. And then some cute little chick took you to the office to talk about it. So you would take pictures of yourself, and then if they liked you, if they felt like y'all had a good vibe, they'd bring you in for other projects. And so I, you would, I mean, some of them paid up to like $800, and they would price it. They were like $800 per orgasm. I remember that being a thing, and me being like, y'all are wild to tell American Girl that. <laughs> but um, it was really fun. It opened up that world to me. I saw myself on camera and liked how I looked. I actually had a house fire when I got back to Texas. And my reaction to it, I didn't get hurt. My boyfriend did. Mm -hmm. But my reaction to that is I wasn't really able to look in the mirror for, like, two years. There was a two-year period of time after doing porn, coming back, going through the house fire stuff. For some reason, that traumatic trigger caused me to just, like, not take in my own image or, like, to really look at myself and look at my body did two years of just like a bunch of unhinged makeup stuff like I kind of clicked up with this punk band I did um kind of cross-dressing punk makeup and stuff kind of things on other people more visually stimulating things on other people since the pandemic have been gotten getting to know my body all over again yeah and the porn being independent and the payouts being so amazing I remember back in the day chat or not chat rooms when webcams first started happening it was a seven percent payout to the model 
seven. And then coming back to the States and coming back in the game and it being like 80% payout on OnlyFans or whatever. I was like, people are fucking stupid if they're not doing this. Yeah. If you're not taking advantage of this in this moment, because you know they're going to come for it. I think I was honestly thinking on the way here, like, yeah, fuck OnlyFans. They should actually lower it to like 10% of what they make, like half of it, because Mm -hmm. it's not like they're giving us benefits or they have like a feed where they promote us. And they should bring up, like, they should update their website to where it's easier for us to send individual messages. I was in a lifestyle kinky relationship, mm. and I got big on Tumblr twerking in a diaper. And That's then, funny. I That's was, how you met her? I was a makeup artist at the time, and so I was doing this little pop singer's makeup, yeah. and she was like, I want to do this music video where I force him into a diaper. And I'm like, I literally have a diaper fetish following for this reason yeah can i do this music video for you so my roommate did the styling her boyfriend was a videographer uh-huh. and then i like produced and directed it and it was this like mommy dom abdl full-blown music video for this pop singer that's wholesome as oh, yeah jane ellen bryant shout out she's amazing yeah. so she we did this music video which you know got even bigger i was getting big in this fetish scene that i very much had like practiced in uh, lifestyle fetish relationships yeah me getting back into the world I that was kind of my inlet is I created this persona and dove headfirst into this fetish to just make like kind of the most out there poppy content that I could with it yeah because it was really underrepresented and misunderstood and in the age of QAnon as well like <laughs> where that just made it even more tumultuous they People would get pictures. Of, I would do a classic car photo shoot in a diaper, and some conservatives on Twitter would get a hold of the images and be like, "This is what California is now." <laughs> blah blah blah. Like fuck this girl. That's so funny. I feel like during that whole time, I was actually starting up my OnlyFans like during the pandemic ish, and I was like, "Who? How do I get clients?" And I remember making like an Instagram and then adding like all of Trump supporters because I'm like oh, I'm sure they hate me or but they really fetishize me yeah. and I'm like so let me just add these people. I love the process that's what I was going to say about it too so I got big in this one fetish I just got back from New York and I hung out with the Coney Island Circus yeah. or the clowns that work the sideshow of Coney Island had kept me in their guest room and they're incredible people and that was a diaper fetish connection that I wouldn't have had otherwise, you know? Yeah. Me being kind of a more basic strippery chick. Like, I'm getting into these really artistically stimulating environments yeah. with these really, I mean, gender, idealism, everything. They're just very stimulating people. Everything went through a smackdown. Pornhub, OnlyFans, all that kind of part of that QAnon, yeah. Traffic Hub, smackdown. Crypto is what saved it which is kind of originally what crypto was made for. So crypto was being put into these other sites like Rocket Stars made Pocket Stars, which was layered into their site and not on the front. Yeah. And they made their own crypto with it. Simpcoin? Simpcoin or Spankcoin? They made their own coin and they were giving a 95% payout. My mind was blown at OnlyFans being 80%. And then this was 95%, plus it was fetish-specific to what I was already rocking. And protected. Yeah. So I went all in on that and tried to move to San Diego. Uh, and their crypto failed. I wanted to support them. This? this was last year. This okay. was last October. Dude, I was there. 
And you were in San, San Diego, Diego at the same time? Wow. Yeah, I was dating that guy that I told you we were doing that uh-huh. stuff. And um, so he had crypto wallets. We had a bunch of transactions. Do you remember that couple that got in? The guy got shot by the girl? They were like the YouTube couple? Like yes, that was at my apartment. I was with in him. that apartment. Stop. In the same apartment. This is crazy. I like, was busting energy. down with a hockey player. No. Yeah. No, no, yeah. no, dude. You're giving me like PTSD right now. Yeah. Because that day, my dad had came. I had given him his Jeep back. Well, I gave him my old car for his Jeep. It's a 1999 Jeep, and I love this Jeep. But I knew he loved it, and, like, I was like, I'll just give it to him, even though he sold my car, too, whatever. And, like, he came to pick it up. We're going to drive it to Texas. And, like, he's so old, and the elevators weren't working. They were shut down, so we had to take, like, 40 floors down. I was in the 40th floor because I lived with my ex, but I'd kicked him out. So I was, like, paying all this rent on my own, like, 40th floor, downtown San Diego, whatever. There's cops and everything. Then we're at the bar, like figuring it out. And they're like, that TikTok guy murdered his wife. And we're like, what the fuck? And then I came on the news about it. Like, I sounded so dumb, too. I was like, this is why. Uh, I forgot what the fuck I said. I was like, we shouldn't be in abusive relations. I don't know what yeah, I said. I like, no, I was like, this is why we should be able to break our lease if it's just abusive to like mm-hmm. live with them. And you don't have to have police proof. Like, you don't have to have all this shit. Like, you should be more lenient on people trying to get out of this That's environment. That's a good point, yeah. I never even considered that. I was just like, I, I was saying that for me. Yeah. <laughs> just like trying to get out of that apartment. Right. No, that is a good point. I just, like, I love that stuff like that's even being brought up these days. So you were there in the room? Yeah. Not in the room. Oh. No, I was just at the same complex like yeah. you. Yeah, I was, just, I was just in the same building. <gasps> That's crazy to me. With this hockey player, ironically, <laughs> elevator mechanic. <laughs> so you were having elevator trouble. I was with the elevator mechanic. All of us in the same building. That's really tripping to me. Like, I don't know if you're CIA or what <laughs> at this point. Because I'm well, How have pronouns and identity helped your sex work and, like, your mental health? I definitely... You were saying earlier that you were in Austin and that you felt like it was very gender fluid right now. Yeah. I feel the same way. I feel like Austin's very gender fluid right now. Being around that group yesterday, I was realizing like how straight a lot of the rest of the world is, where Austin is very much like on this wave, or maybe it was just the people I was around or whatever. For but, sure. Um, I it has caused me to really, really notice how much of a leg up I have being so femmy and being so comfortable being femmy. Yeah. Because I really don't, as much as I am a tomboy and as much as I mm-hmm. get compared to being like masculine in ways, because I'm just like bigger, I'm naturally muscular, my voice or like the way that I um, was just raised country and have country-esque things that could yeah. be considered masculine. Even despite all those things, I've never really struggled with like my gender identity to where I see how it reflects, where I can turn it on and off. I can just be super feminine, make my money, have a good time, not feel twice about it. I know a lot of femme sex workers that struggle with that more. Mm -hmm. They struggle with their body types more. They struggle with how they present their gender to their clients and Mm -hmm. they would like to get out of being this femme presenting person. And Mm -hmm. I really, 
you know, I kind of I kind of recognize that I have the leg up in that situation. I feel like that's happening right now in the sex work world because part of like our mental health has been affected by like being overly feminine or like doing this like mm-hmm. version that like guys are so used to like my trans friends ki- my um M to F trans friends kill it, kill but it's. It. Be- but it's from being fetishized. And fetishized. so then they're also in more dangerous situations. So it's like... No, yeah. I was trying to tell this girl in Austin, like, I was trying to give her game. And I was like, I know she has, like, a partner who identifies as they, them. And, you know, I don't know how their relationship is, really. But I was like, you okay. know, I was giving her, like, an escort site. And I was like, um... And then I was like, if your man's like wants to monetize off this transaction, you know, like I don't know what he is or like what is going on. I don't want to be offensive. And she kind of went off on me, but I was like, dude, I'm giving you all this game. And I even told him like how to be safe, like what app to use to check. Like I gave her like the whole, like a Bible. And then you said something insensitive, and then you but were But I also like, said, I'm not I'm not trying to be offensive, but, like, you know, if, if he wants to do that, do you? And he's like, yeah, he does, but don't do this, and don't do that ever again. They will come for you. And she was just, but it's like, I'm, like, on your side. And, just <laughs> yeah. like, and, and I didn't realize really how straight I am, too, like, because I just fetishize, like, the hetero norm couple, uh-huh. you know? And so I've been just learning more through my visit in Austin, like you said, it's so gender fluid. I don't really have a community here that I'm like integrated in. So going back to Austin and and like practicing like during my interviews, be like, what do you identify as? As a sex worker, I think that helps a lot for them. And so I think we are getting to that point where we want to just be ourselves, still be able to love and be respected and like hold our boundaries strong women right now we're so masculine because of us supporting ourselves these guys have been expecting us to be like the super feminine like the perfect bitch like this ride or die like that babe like i need to pay bills like i can't be ride or die right now like i need to ride or die like (laughs) so i think that is really important like you want to make money but you don't want to be fake Mm-hmm. And that's detrimental to your mental health. And you want to like, attract the right, honest people and not be in an environment where you're too much out of your comfort zone. I, I also talk with a friend about how sex work, I feel like it's its own sexual identity. I don't really have time to date because doing this, which sucks. Yes, I want both. I stepped back a lot this year because I knew I needed to work on my personal intimacy. I was all of my friends that really thrive in sex work have a very solid home life relationship situation. Yeah. And I was just noticing like how I hit it so hard and I was hitting the road so hard as well that I wasn't having anything that was stable yeah. in that department, especially with like intimacy, intimacy. And that rocked me a little bit. So how do you deal with relationships and sex work? I don't. <laughs> like I do, so you do one or the other kind of? no I'm on a wave right now where I really want to be like collared and owned because I'm taking a little bit of a break I'm um, like do you ever date while you're doing sex work and like how do you explain to them that you're doing like are they open with it? I'm I'm so open and extra that I can't imagine someone not knowing at this point yeah but I definitely did just get my heart broken on some vanilla 
or not vanilla, but like some <laughs> straight regular ass dude shit. Yeah. For that reason, it's because of this live comedy show that I do, and something about me like having a bong in my pussy or like doing that kind. Of, even though I'm dressed like Gandalf or like whatever I have going on, is just so extra and not me and like not a big deal. It made him so uncomfortable. <gasps> And I was like, I can't not do this show. Like, you want to put me in computer class so that I can start building my own websites? Or if I, in acting classes, that's kind of, I would give it up. I'd be down. If you want to put a collar on me and be my owner and, like, put me in some type of class, I'd be with that. Yeah. But I can't just be like, fuck this acting gig because it makes you uncomfortable. And I'm not going to rein it in. Yeah, I do. It would that. be like some girl getting one of the jackass dudes to quit. Yeah. How fucking lame would that be? Could you imagine Steve-O just being like, sorry, guys. Like, I'll quit if we have a baby and teach him how to be a jackass. Like, a compromise between (laughs) both parties. Yeah, and that's the other... He, like, wasn't even, like, trying to have a family. It was literally just his hang-ups with that type of shit. Do you have any creative hobbies or, like, creative projects or, like, hobbies or anything that you do creatively? I'm really into cooking. Like... I smoke meat, and I do, like, um, Mm. I'm getting really into foraging. I'm about to be on a sustainable property, like, (gasps) highest vantage point of a mountain in Pennsylvania with, like, tilapia hydroponic tanks and stuff. Yeah, I'm house-sitting attack dogs on, like, a prepper property, basically. How are you house-sitting all these? (laughs) I know. I just got a job at a fine dining spot. Like, me and a couple friends having a mole trailer. Like, the more are... you talk, I'm like, she's CIA. <laughs> no, but keep going. Sorry. Um, for now, I just have a big oil barrel, and I smoke meat for very long periods of time. Okay. And have a ball doing it. And I live in a boy house right now. I went from mm-hmm. living alone in Elgin to living with these boys who celebrate, like, fight nights and... Uh, basketball finals and shit like that so there's 12 people gonna come over and I don't give a fuck about what's going on but I love cooking so I just force feed all these like dudes that couldn't give a fuck less like they really oh my god that's my like ultimate like (laughs) dream they have just like canes or whatever and like don't actually want what I make but I put all my heart and soul into it these are Korean inspired ribs that follow you know just like I get into it but it's still fun. I still have my like little pocket of dudes that I force feed, and I think it's gonna snowball into something else. So it's kind of my you're like, you know something snowballing. Up. So I told you we're losing our house. <laughs> I am not a super spiritual person, but there's this tree that's so big in our backyard. We think the root system is what's keeping the property there, and it was pronounced dead in that freeze. And so that was kind of our first sign where we're like, oh dang, we might get kicked out of this place soon. But me with smoking this meat all the dead branches that have been falling down of what I've been using and I'm smoking it under the tree Mm -hmm. and then I'm pouring the ashes back onto the tree Mm -hmm. and so I'm really into writing a children's book lately about me and my dog it's like a little girl and her dog and she's like cooking open fire food oh my god can you please do that (laughs) yeah on some homestead girl stuff and then like dancing around the tree and pouring ashes on it and trying to like um, give it give it good blessings and bring it back and it actually has been turning green again the core of it has been getting greener and greener but I think that they might take it out now that our I just got that news that we're getting kicked out right before I left town. those are my hobbies smoking the meats writing a children's book about smoking the meats 
What type of clients do you like usually attract? What are your top I have clients? such a type. 22-year-old military dudes. Dude. I straight up attract. I never even knew that was a category. And it's so funny because I'm an ex-army wife, but that's not like anything that you'd pick up from my current internet persona. But something about me and blue-collar guys that are on the younger side are yeah. about this. Do you think like sex work is an energy exchange it's such an energy exchange that i feel like you have to be so careful about who you let around you people think that women are jaded from being sex workers but it's like nah dude we just you even doing hair if you play with someone's hair or, or a massage therapist mm-hmm. you take that person's energy on and they mm-hmm. open up to you sex even more so you tether yourself to mm-hmm. that person like on a deep level and i'm no hard ass you know I'm like I bond with folks and a lot of my people are like regulars that I really bond with so actually what I've discovered is this live show that I do was literally five minutes of my life one time a month I don't have to think about it we do some unhinged shit like the day of drains my energy so much more than any sex work session like me being naked on stage and me being vulnerable and doing a sexual act on stage do you know who Odette is mistress Odette no, Odette, no. You, do you know much about the Dom world? So, no, I don't know anything about the Dom world, which is where you're, you've you currently dabbled into, right? Yeah, I mean, I'm, like, all over the place. I'm one of the few that didn't try to exclusively make my brand doming. The few doms that I hang with are so amazing and, like, yeah. internationally renowned. Trans porn stars are getting big. Dom, well, communities like Feet, Girls, yeah. etc. Yeah. It's all and getting... Odette, specializes in medical play really cool gorgeous stuff is a cancer and has such a sweet persona or just naturally sweet person but is able to do the gnarliest shit and the most gory things to where i've seen other doms pass out while i'm like helping film there's you know it just takes a certain special person for each thing i specialize in more Sissification yeah. and like adult babies. I'm such a mommy. Yeah, Sensual and sweet, but it's still dommy. You know, I'm a mommy dom. Oh my god, I think I'm a mommy dom. Yeah, did you just realize <laughs> something? I love watching that happen. Yeah, I'm such Shit, a mommy yeah. dom. Yeah. But like, okay, yeah, because there's different types of doms. Like, there's types where they retaliate a little bit or like they don't, right? Or mm-hmm. I don't know if that's like a thing. I, I don't know. There's no right way. Everyone wants different things and everyone feels natural about different things you can think someone's so into like your little scenario that you built and then later they're like actually i'm more into like this thing that's interesting that you're saying that the most energy draining type of sex work is becoming like a spectacle Mm -hmm. to people like getting on stage like for dancing for me too it's Mm -hmm. like when i'm like the most depleted yeah Versus like escorting, I'm like boop. You go put me in some pleasers and have me throw my limbs around. That's a big energy yeah. <laughs> like spin. So I actually wasn't able to let people touch my titties until 27. I would get nauseous back in the day. I, it used to make me sick to my stomach, and I had these big old titties, and no one was allowed to touch them. And then when I was 27, something changed, and I got to the point where like I could come from having my titties played with. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm such a titty girl. Hold them down, and then mm-hmm. I come. Like, that was my first way of coming. I watched porn, like, at 13, and then I got in trouble. Like, I got caught because my computer had viruses, and my cousins knew, and then, like, my dad was like, what the fuck, because I was living with him, and he, like, the family knew, and I was so embarrassed Uh that I, like, didn't watch porn ever in my life again until, like, 22. Oh, yeah? So, in high school, I was being a hoe, but I didn't 
I didn't orgasm. Like, I was just getting rammed, kind of. Not even being a hoe. Like, I was, like, dating some hot so, soccer guys, but... I for, didn't really yeah. fuck in high school. And I kind of, like, gave myself to my husband. <gasps> Ain't that some shit? No, yeah, you were, like, one of those... Terrible. Yeah, and it wasn't for any reason. I wasn't, like, raised religious or anything. Yeah. I was just, like, very much, like, private. It was such a small town. I was like, you already were with this person, this person... The one person that I, like, had a crush on in high school was into very normal girls, and I bit him the first time he tried to kiss me. Yeah. (laughs) I was just deeply kinky already. But I just didn't really fuck. Like, I had sex a couple of times with, like, neighbors who didn't know I was a virgin type thing before my husband. Even though I was, like, doing poker tournaments still in that world, I was, like, not really fucking still. I know. I was, like, fucking guys from another high school. I didn't see them every day. It's funny being an adult and being like, why was I like that? Like, why did I not just fuck people in the back of cars while they were still had the juice? I was just really prude, and it wasn't until I was 22 that I learned how to come, and then 25 mm-hmm. when I learned how to manually come. Mm-hmm. I started masturbating way young. Actually, a really? babysitter taught me how to masturbate. Shut up. From a super young age, but just not really trying to date or like share that experience with someone else. Maybe that's how I did that. I was just self-sustaining. I was like, I'm good. Y'all weird. It's like not, like, predatory. It was more she was slightly older and the neighbor and who was stuck watching me. And she would hump pillows to, like, make out se- make out scenes in movies. Oh, my God. I, I, I hump used to pillows. hump pillows to Liar Liar. You humped pillows, too? Yeah. <laughs> Pillow humper spot. Last year or two years ago, like, I humped a pillow and came. I was humping pillows at 13 when I was, like, getting into, like, exploring it. But... Mm-hmm. Since I got caught, I didn't hump the pillow to like hang. I didn't get there yet. So what are some of your favorite fetishes? Like on some cannibalistic shit. And honestly, I think that's so hot. (laughs) Oh my god. I love horror fetish. I just, consumption and yeah, into that. I do like like some bites. What's like another one? I feel like it kind of feeds into me being into cooking and, like, slow-cooking meat. I'm just like, wow, I'm just, like, one collapse away from being, like, cannibal mommy. (laughs) I'm just one, like, (laughs) drama. Giants and Tinies, I think, is cool because it requires art to create these artistic scenarios where a giant woman is, like, sitting on boys or eating them or keeping them in her shoe or making them spend eternity trying to crawl her legs to get to her panties and live in there. What? Yeah. (laughs) Giant and tiny fetish is sick. Oh my god. And I've always been kind of bigger, so I'm into that. Yeah, I'm like tiny. Should I? Oh yeah. How do you feel about that as a tiny person? Do you crave like living in some motherfucker's shoe? No. Or climbing him? No. These guys are not physically tiny, typically. They like crave being tiny, but... I feel like little people don't feel these things. People sleep on short days. <laughs> I guess I could see that. You're just like, mm-hmm. mommy. Yeah. Okay. We like talked about how you were on Fet Life earlier, and I thought mm-hmm. that was like cute. So how did you get to know this page? And like, I would love to bitch about Fet Life. Can I bitch yeah. about Fet Life? Any any thoughts about Fet Life? So. People like me go through the gauntlet of, like, having several different streams going of content that you're trying to upload to all the time. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes, you know, so you're fucking your friends, you're setting up, like, play dates, you're playing with a lot of toys, you're, like, creating this content and putting everything into it, but it's work. 
So then someone like me wants to get on FetLife and just regular hoe yeah. and be like, wow, I did this. I made this video of this butt plug something, and I just want to, like, attract a daddy dom with it on FetLife. Yeah. Some, some of these fools that are, you know, closeted. Like, I want to mm-hmm. get on there and charm them. And I got on there, and they charged for my video to be seen, which I know is common knowledge at this point. They charge for the bandwidth to be able to host the video. But I'm like, this is the one motherfucking place that I'm not charging to see stuff. Like, you're telling me I could put this on OnlyFans for free right now if I try to put it on my FetLife, which is lifestyle people. And the whole thing that they're into is, like, not paying for shit. I only deleted my account. I haven't really posted anything risky on there. Pictures, like, where I'm not showing my face or I'm being sexy, you know, or, like, something Mm -hmm. like that. But I do see a lot of girls post a lot of stuff. I went through a cancer season of just being so horny. I was writhing. Yeah. doing acid in my room and I was writhing and I was just posting to FetLife and then they were like oh I'm like oh yeah you didn't see the video they're like oh no I like can't pay for it right now I'm like pay for it <laughs> the fuck I'm trying to hoe in peace FetLife where the fuck else can I do it <laughs> damn I didn't even know about that that's super wild so I totally feel you that's like the one place where it's a lifestyle to search out kinks found some cool parties through it public meetups it's a good platform for that i've never gone to a fat life party but i really want to you should get a shrine in dallas i mean i'm sorry in austin the reason why i said dallas is because there's this thing called colette mm-hmm. and it's the swingers club yeah. and that's where shrine is hosted at uh-huh. but colette's also it's a chain so there's one in dallas as well which is like straight swingers club but it's really well laid out and then when shrine takes it over it's all fetish so there's different visuals going on there's like electricity in this corner there's rope tying here there's stripper poles everywhere like it's really the whole rope tying phenomenon is really interesting to me too like my ex was into it and i always wanted to learn but okay my next question is do you recommend people get a manager is that more helpful i just got a booking agent and i'm so excited about it and for me personally it's Great, just us, even our interaction so far. I way overdid it in the mm-hmm. realm of just being too readily available. Mm-hmm. Like, all of a sudden on Pornhub, you're an official model and people are able to message you. And so, you're so easily accessible, mm-hmm. and people are agitated that they can't talk to you yeah. whenever the fuck they feel like it. So, having the third party person, it feels so good because anybody who's hounding me, I'm like, contact my booking agent she'll get you screened and then she gets 10 percent. also has a place that i can rent oh nice how do you see the future in sex work i don't know what is gonna happen it's wild how everybody's getting into it i just think the economy is gonna get worse i think more people are gonna get into it i think the more they stigmatize gay shit shit's gonna get wild in the sex work realm like i don't know it's cool whatever it is I'm down I kind of wish that you know the laws in Texas have gotten so strict you mm-hmm. get straight up like charged with trafficking like things if you're if you're like running a dungeon and you're hosting girls and someone comes and busts in on you like mm-hmm. you're officially like a sex trafficker um, are there any like future things that you look forward to yeah <clears throat> You were saying that 7th Street District is, like, the new spot for the Grimies of Austin. Um, I 
am doing that live comedy show. So I'm I'm wiped from the internet at the moment. You can yeah. contact my booking agent, yeah. Bane Jane at Proton Me. Otherwise, the only place you can see me and the only place you can see me do wild shit, which, you know, I have a reputation for it to be the most gross at least maybe not the best definitely the worst (laughs) i have that show the first friday of every month at 11 p.m at the creek and cave on 7th street so people can come by and see me so everyone needs to at least experience this yeah i had a wild year of getting slapped down like the laws have been ever-changing and really wild it reminds me social media right it reminds me of playing monopoly with my older brothers and which are certified geniuses now but I would play Monopoly with them, and if I started doing well, they would change the rules. And I feel yeah. like that's what trying to do sex work is right now, where people are just like, just kidding. Yeah, I, to- I should have asked you about that because I hate how Seeking has so many rules. They're like, if we catch you giving them your cash app, Venmo, PayPal, like the ones charging men to make a profile. And it's also like if these men are trying to help us with like a car problem or something, that's what sugaring is. So I think it's so important. I mean, you just have to funnel them. You have to figure out the right verbiage and funnel them to like... Well, yeah, finding the right verbiage is important, but Seeking catches on to that verbiage and they restrict you from using that verbiage to set your boundaries, which just creates a really bad environment for women, especially when they use terms such as sugar baby or I'm looking for a daddy, but then criminalize that. It's like almost like we're not allowed to ask... And they're just, they get what they want. You're not able to get the information you need for it to not be, like, a sketchy situation. Yeah. And expectations are high. Oh, (laughs) For you, like, they they think. Yeah. Or they just want to get you confused. Yeah. They hate us. And I got freaking shadow banned on on Insta. So it's my second Insta. Somehow I still have an Instagram. I do not know how. That's good. For me to be banned from Twitter and everything else. How I love Instagram. I'm banned from Hinge and Tinder as well. For okay, Cupid banned me like within 45 minutes. And I didn't even have my stuff on there. It's just on my Instagram profile. Yeah, same. I didn't even say I was actually. I got on Okay Cupid because I was like, I'm looking for something more stable. Yeah. And got on Okay Cupid and then got banned in 45 minutes. I was like, I'm trying. Like yeah, I am out so here and. What do you think the future of, like, like non-binary people is in the sex world? Okay. I don't know. I feel like a lot of the six more successful parties I do are so old school that there's these sexy non-binary people I meet, and I, like, want to include them, mm-hmm. but I could just see how it could not mesh. Yeah. You know? Or... And then it makes me question myself, where I'm like, am I just being judgmental? I should still facilitate that connection. Mm-hmm. But then you're putting that person who's feeling, you know, mm-hmm. a type of way about their gender in a position to have to explain themselves to some, like, boomer bullshit. Yeah. I don't know. I really have gotten more and more isolated the more successful I've gotten in this world because it's hard to try to take people with you because you just don't know what you're doing day to day and you don't know who's on the other side communicating and you don't want to put someone who's already like seeking that gender euphoria
The younger generation seems to really have a good grip on it. I'm dealing with a lot of like younger clients that have a good grip on it. And I think things are changing for the better rapidly. Yeah. Now, the more information that's out on the internet, I mean, I think it's going to be a more even playing field here soon. The more it's becoming obvious within every part of our communities in the States, especially, is like mm-hmm. going to change things. Okay, well, thank you so much for coming on again. I appreciate it. I'm so sorry it took so long today. No, I'm so happy you came and hung out. This is such like a nice random night. I appreciate it. We hot tubbed. We had an intermission. Yeah. We did America. Good. We ate Chinese food and everything. Uh-huh. Got right with Jesus. Well, I'm gonna stop it.